0: Hi everyone, hello family, Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is John Lee, I'm a member of the uh, 5pm congregation. Uh, My message tonight comes from uh, 2 Corinthians, the first part, chapter 5 verse 11, it says, Since then we know what it is to fear the Lord, we try to persuade others. Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others. Is fear a good motivation for evangelism and mission? Why should we fear the Lord? Isn't God a God of love? There's been a trend in our society to shy away from emotions like fear and wrath or anger. We have been told that these are negative emotions so when we talk about fearing God, we as Christians are sometimes quick to explain that it doesn't really mean fear as we understand the word, you know, like being scared or frightened. It means something more like awe or wonder or amazement or reverence or a combination of these words. Of course, there is a spectrum of fear, from mild anxiety or trepidation to absolute terror. But I'm convinced when the Bible uses the word fear, it actually means fear. It's it's meant to make us feel uncomfortable, to rouse us from our apathy to God, to turn us away from our cavalier attitude to our sin, and to motivate us to be involved in his mission. We should fear God because he is awesome and big, A billion times more awesome than a raging storm a trillion times bigger than mount everest but we should also fear god because god is also a god of wrath and anger the bible is full of references about god's anger and wrath in the old testament and in the new testament for example nahum one says the lord takes vengeance and is filled with wrath. Revelations 19 says, He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. God's anger or wrath is severe, but it's different to our anger. J.I. Packer says, God's wrath in the Bible is never the capricious, self-indulgent, irritable, morally ignoble thing that human anger so often is. It is instead a right and necessary reaction to objective moral evil. I didn't know what capricious meant. I thought it was a type of pizza. So I looked it up and it means given to sudden unaccountable changes of mood or behavior. So you and I might be capricious. But God is never capricious. Many people, even those inside the church, say that we shouldn't talk about God's wrath. People don't come to church to hear about wrath. They want to hear messages that are positive, messages that lift them up, to sustain them through the week and through COVID lockdowns. Stick to love and compassion and encouragement. But as Christians, we should listen to the whole counsel of God and not pick and choose those bits which sound most palatable to our ears. And unless we understand God's wrath, we can't fully understand God's love for us in Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 1 says, Jesus rescues us from the coming wrath. And in chapter five, in Thessalonians, for God has not destined us for wrath, but for attaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. What do you think the biggest problem facing humanity is? What is your biggest problem? Is it global warming, COVID-19, poverty, war, racism? Domestic violence, drugs, or divorce? The Bible tells us that the biggest problem that we face is God's wrath. And compared to that, all other problems pale into insignificance. The list I mentioned might last a lifetime, but the consequences of God's wrath last for all eternity. So Jesus says in Matthew 10, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Why did Jesus come? What did he do? Jesus saved us from sin, from unrighteousness, from Satan, from slavery, from being lost. He saved us from hell and destruction. He reconciled us, redeemed us, justified us adopted us as sons and daughters, gave grace to us, brought us into the light, made us holy, made us to be born again, promised heaven for us, cleansed us. But he couldn't have done any of these things if he could not satisfy God's wrath on our behalf. That's why we sang earlier tonight, Till on that cross as Jesus died, The wrath of God was satisfied. The cross is where God's wrath and his love becomes most clearly manifest. The cross of Christ makes no sense unless we understand God's wrath and his love. So Paul, in the same chapter of 2 Corinthians 5, a few verses later, says for Christ's love compels us to preach the gospel. So understanding God's wrath caused Paul to prize and cherish Christ's love even more, so that he was compelled to tell the gospel out of love. The Bible tells us that there is no other way of satisfying God's wrath apart from Christ. Acts chapter 4 says, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. That's a pretty offensive statement in our multicultural society. Not Buddha, not Muhammad, not Krishna, or atheism, and not by just trying to be a good person. Our message is a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the nations. But John 336 says, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. Our mission and Karina's mission is to confront the biggest problem that every individual person has in the whole world. But we're not called to be agents of God's wrath. Wrath belongs to God, not us. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Instead, as Christians, we're called to love our neighbours, even love our enemies, to pray for them, to feed them, do good to them. Instead, because we know what, what it is to fear God, we try to persuade others so that they can be saved from God's wrath by faith in Jesus Christ. Not by threats or legislation, but by speaking the word in truth and love. This is what Karina will be doing in France. And this is what we are called to do wherever we are. We are to be doing, sending or going so that we can be telling all peoples That God's wrath has been satisfied on the cross. If you don't know this personally tonight please take hold of it. Psalm 2 says, serve the Lord with fear, rejoice with trembling. The fear of God doesn't cause us to cower or to be insecure or to be faint-hearted. Rather it causes us to rejoice, to cling to Christ, to cherish Christ. It energizes us to work for the Lord and to proclaim his gospel to our friends, neighbors and to the nations. Let's pray. Since we know what it is to fear the Lord, we try to persuade others. Father, as we consider your wrath, help us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Help us not to be arrogant, but to tremble. Forgive us for having a cavalier attitude to our sin. Plant in us, plant in our hearts, a desire to see your gospel preached all over the world. Let the love of Christ compel us to tell your gospel to all nations and to the ends of the earth for your glory and your namesake amen